0: Hello, welcome. My name is Michael Seta. I've trained over 12,000 dogs. I'm a professional dog trainer. And today I want to talk to you about the three biggest mistakes I see all the time in dog training. Literally, constantly I'm seeing these mistakes and really they don't need to be there. They don't need to be causing people stress, elongating training. And I do say elongating because it takes that much longer to teach your dog anything if you're making these three mistakes. So I am going to jump right into that. Before I do, I want to let you know that I have a free PDF guide on three steps to a peaceful walk. So many people are struggling with walking their dog on leash and it's really not necessary. Okay, Click the link below. It's a free guide. All you got to do is download the guide and you're basically there. Okay. Um, it's going to go through a whole bunch of things. It's going to basically lay out the exact steps you need to take the exact steps I've taken with thousands and thousands of dogs on how to get their owners engaged with them, how to have them focused on you, how to move with you, how to stop with you, all those things that are super important to have your dog actually be with you and enjoy being with you outside. So click that below. That's going to make sure that you get to what you need to get to with your dog when it comes to Walking on leash, nice and peacefully. Okay, so let's jump into it. The first thing that I see, the biggest mistake, really, the first big mistake here is going way too fast. Way too fast in training. If you're trying to rush the process, You're going to see a lot of mistakes, just like in anything, right? If I'm going to learn how to play the piano and I'm going to rush through the process of learning to play the piano, I'm going to skip over things. I'm going to forget things. I don't have the the fingal dexterity to be able to play certain pieces because I haven't developed the skills. Once I develop the skills and I actually learn how to play the piano, it can be a lot easier for me to move faster, right? You have to get the fundamentals down before you get speed down. I used to do this all the time when I was first learning guitar. I always wanted to do speed, 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 speed. That's with anything I used to do. I learned how to juggle. It was about how fast can I go. I learned how to run. How fast can I go? I didn't care about the form. I didn't care about how I was doing it. I just cared about how fast I was doing it. And we tend to think about dog training as how fast can I train a dog? How fast can I get to the end result? How fast can I teach them to do X, Y, Z? And although that's fun and it's a good challenge for us, We don't want to put that ahead of teaching it appropriately, teaching it properly, actually getting our dog to do the thing correctly. If we rush the process, we set our dog up for failure. And if we set our dog up for failure, one, it's not going to be enjoyable for us. Two, it's not going to be enjoyable for our dog. And three, we're damaging all the trust and skills that we've built up until this point. It's no good to do that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to rush through the process. Let's say your dog is overly excited when it sees another dog. It sees another dog while you're walking, and it just loses its mind. It's barking. It's freaking out. It's absolutely losing it. And you start a well-structured training plan. You're going to work at a distance. You're going to start working on eye contact, name recognition, getting their attention focused on you, maybe even some self-redirection where they notice the dog indicates for them to look back to you, which is a wonderful technique. You start doing that. You're seeing a lot of success. And you start going, okay. well, now I can push a little further. And that is the next step in the process. I have to get closer to the stimulus, to the trigger. So I start getting closer and closer and closer. And eventually, you push it. You're like, oh, they're doing so well. Let me jump in front of them. Let me get a little bit farther along, right in front of the other dog. And the dog goes ballistic. One, you didn't manage the situation well at all. And two, you rush the process, which means you're now at a disadvantage. Oh, well, my dog doesn't listen now because they know there's an opportunity for me to rush at this other dog. And if they don't like that, if they're freaking out, we've ruined the trust. You've wasted all the training time that you've done up into that point because you rushed the process. So please, please, please do not rush the process. Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Number two is too long, and I don't mean taking too long to train your dog. I mean the sessions itself is too long. You're taking too long to get your point across in a particular training session. So if I'm working with a dog, it should not be longer than two to five minutes, especially in the beginning. If you're gonna actually set apart the time to train your dog for an extended period of time, the duration, great, you should do that. You should have a dog that can stare at you for five minutes. That's wonderful. However, don't start doing that. And I never understood 30 minute hour long classes. The dogs can't pay attention that long. They just can't, right? Think about trying to do an agility course. If anyone's ever done agility or if you do competitions with your dog, they're very short runs. Yes, your dog might be capable of doing it more than that, but any longer, and they're going to start to deteriorate in the behavior. They're not going to be able to do it for as long or as well. They might be able to do certain things, but they're not going to do it as well. Why would I push my dog to the point where they can't do it well and then start rewarding the things that I don't really like? Let's say we're working on recall. My dog will run back to me at, I don't know, 10 miles an hour. Beautiful recall, sprinting towards me. Let's just say it's 10 miles an hour sprinting towards me is beautiful. Then I start pushing it. I start pushing it, I start pushing it. And I'm doing more and more repetitions to the point where they stop wanting to recall to me. And they're slow and they're sluggish. I still have to reward them because they did the recall right. And maybe I'm not up to the different reward schedules. So how am I supposed to get my dog to actually engage with me more and motivate them without cheating? or uh, resulting in punishment or getting a higher value treat, which then my dog learns, oh, well, if I wait long enough, they'll get the high value treats. No, that's not what we want. We want some solid repetitions, five, maybe 10 repetitions, if that, really solid repetitions that we get a lot of success with and really, really like. We reward those and then you end. Two to five minutes on any given training session should be perfect and plenty of time. If you are not getting success in those two to five minutes, you're not breaking down the behavior small enough and you're not making it easy enough for your dog to know what's next. All right, if my dog has to think for two to five minutes on what they should be doing, that means we're in a situation that they can't think. It should. Awesome, let me do it. Ooh, got it, let me do it. And over and over. That's how we build up the confidence. That's how we build the success. The last thing, the biggest problem, and I've, I've talked with trainers about this. I've had discussions at length about this. It's timing. Trainers will tell you timing is important, but they don't harp on it the way they should. Right? They're not as strict as they should be. I have blatantly heard trainers say they don't tell people about timing because it's not worth it. They've given up on it. They've been punished more times than they can count on trying to actually help somebody with their timing. That they've completely given up on the fact that they should be helping people with their timing. Timing is the first part. If you can't get the timing right, you can't reward correctly, and if you're going to go the punishment route, you can't punish correctly, why would you even spend the time working on timing and training at all? If you're not going to focus on the training, which is essential, which is critical to having a dog rewarded properly or punished properly and actually paying attention, I'll put it to you this way. If I was going to give you 100 bucks for doing something today. Shouldn't I give it to you today? I shouldn't wait six years and then give it to you. That's the kind of timing I'm talking about. If my dog sits, I should give them a treat almost immediately. I shouldn't have them sit and then wait five minutes and give it to them. Or worse off, have them sit, then walk into the kitchen, go open the cabinet drawer, open up the treat bag, reach inside, grab the treat, have them sit a second time, and then give them a treat. I rewarded the second sit but I also rewarded the entire process of following me, going to the and want to reward. Maybe they barked that That means I rewarded the barking and I didn't want to do that. So important here. If you get the timing down, as I previously mentioned before, that 32nd turnover time where they're really starting to think can be very fast. That's how we get reliable, fast behaviors from our dog. It's the timing. If I tell my dog to sit, he should sit almost immediately. But to do that, he has to properly sit, think about sitting, and then start doing it. That's called latency. If your timing is off, you're not thinking about rewarding latency, which maybe this is new for you, maybe you've never heard this before. You can reward latency, you can reward how fast your dog responds. But to do that, you need impeccable timing. If you don't have that timing, if you don't focus on that timing, there's no way your dog is actually going to start responding quickly. If they're not responding quickly, you can not improve on it. See my whole point here, right? You can be very lazy, very, very lazy in teaching your dog to do things and they will become lazy in doing it. But if you actually wanna get fast progress and work with your dog quickly so you can get to the fun stuff, right? Nobody, Nobody wants to sit forever. Nobody wants to be working on obedience for 10 years. Maybe people do, but typically I'll show somebody obedience. They got it down. They wanna move on to tricks. They wanna start doing fun stuff. Maybe they wanna do agility or bite work, or scent work, whatever it is. The the fun stuff comes after doing the obedience focus and all that. But the focus and the obedience is primary. You have to do that first before you can do anything else fun. As I said in the beginning, there is a free download for you at the bottom in the link in the description. It is simply a PDF guide on the three steps to peaceful walking, how you can actually start enjoying your walk together. Thank you guys for listening. I really enjoyed expressing the three biggest mistakes that everybody's making. If you're a book reader, I do have a book out. It's called The Dog Training Cheat Code. You can see that at matadorcanine.com. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.